Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I survived. He survived. We all survived. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. It is a victory Sunday for your Michigan Wolverines. Of course, that's what's going to dictate a good chunk of our, our conversation today. We've also got WWE Survivor Series that we have to review, and we're talking some Lions to end the show coming off of their Thanksgiving loss to the Buffalo Bills. But first, Mike... I mean, we got to talk about it. It's the biggest news. It, I, honestly, it's probably, I know the World Cup's going on. We're going to probably talk about that next week, but it's got to be probably the biggest news coming out of, out of, I, I mean, probably sports right now, right? Mm-hmm. Is the game, yeah, right? Probably. I mean, because like LSU getting upset, it's like, okay, they had to have a lot of things going for them just to beat, just to be in the Final Four. Um, Clemson lost, right? Oregon lost. So everyone's losing, but this was a game. Number two versus number three at OSU, and um, I don't want to be like that guy about it, but uh, this was a molly whopping, and I have never been so happy to be proven wrong. Uh, I, I posted this, I think, on Facebook where I was like, "This was a, this was a masterful job." Um, I went in not optimistic at all about this football game. Um, I was not optimistic about our chances with JJ at, at quarterback, you know, throwing the ball early like he had to do. Um, and I was wrong about that too. So I'll eat that. I'll eat the medicine. I was, you know, it was a big hard swing and a miss here. Um, I'm going to give some props here to my co host, though, because I think, Mike, this was the game that we're going to look back on. And we're going to go look back at those early episodes from early on in the season this year, especially, you know, depending on how everything breaks down, where you go. You really had the read, and I think you you nailed it right on the head early on when J.J. was given the job. And when they announced this was going to be a quarterback competition, that was the easiest competition ever. Um, J.J. McCarthy was named the starter to win these games. And J.J. McCarthy, due to his durability, due to the fact he's more athletic, he's got a better arm, he's more athletic, he's faster, all these things, he was brought in and he's the starter for this reason in particular. We talked about how he may give you some scares against some lesser teams, Illinois, but when it mattered most, he kept this team afloat in that first half along with a great defensive performance, and they got the dub. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to you, sir, because you've had that read pretty much all year, and I was in lockstep with you for a good chunk of it, but that Illinois game scared the crap out of me. Um just give me first, before we kind of go into the game and really kind of do a real deep dive, just give me your overall thoughts, how you're feeling today. Did you wake up and that song, It's a Beautiful Morning, is playing? Like, what, what, what is the deal here? Because um, I'm on cloud nine. It's, it's, it's a great day to be a Michigan Wolverine, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will say, so um, I had no worries in the Illinois game. I know yeah. everyone else did. Yep. No, um, you, you, you were steadfast. Through, through the entire game. I have game. the text to prove it. Yeah, through the game, I said – no worries, yep. not worried. They're gonna yep. they're gonna win the game. It doesn't matter, yep. right? And then they win the game, nineteen seventeen yep. or whatever yep. it was. I was like, all right, there we go. Going into this Ohio State game, we talked about it last week. Yep. Talked about it all through week with friends and stuff. Yep. I was yep. not worried. Yep. They're, they're gonna go in and they're gonna do their thing and they're gonna win. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt. Now I will say, the the only moment where I crept a little bit of doubt. Yep. And it wasn't like a lot of doubt, but I crept a little bit of doubt was. When Corum, the game started, yep. Corum ran the ball twice, limped off the field, and then he was rolled out for the rest of the game. Yep. At that moment, I said, 
that was kind of what I was slightly banking on. Yeah. To really help out the team. Yeah. So I was I was slightly worried at that point mm-hmm. where I was like, if they don't have a good running game, right? I'm not a hundred percent confident. I'm still at like. 80, 85% confident they can pull yeah. this out. But I'm not sitting there like, oh, yeah, they're definitely winning this game. Like, right. I, I was a little weary. And then the first drive of the game where Ohio State just walked right down the field and scored, yeah. I was like, that's oh, also not favorable <clears throat> to just walk down the field. But I also did expect an They were going to come out hot. Like, come out hot early onslaught and then, like, slowly settle in. Yeah. And as long as it's not 17-0 to zero or 24-0, to zero, right. you can kind of settle in keep the game close and kind of the second half was kind of going to be your half, yeah. which it ended up being oh your my half. God. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I, I had no worries. Uh, I will say the JJ one sitting with our third co-host who's here once every 17 weeks. Yeah. Um, I was watching the game with him and he said uh, in the, I think it was the second drive of the game, the yeah. out route to Ronnie Bell that was yeah. overthrown. Yeah. And he looked at me and goes, see, that's why I'd rather have Caden right now. Yeah. And I was like, just wait. Yep. Because there's going to be those couple plays. Yep. And the epitome of the play for me that was like the epitome of J.J. McCarthy yep. was the third or the fourth and goal. Was it fourth and goal or third and goal? It was fourth and was goal. Was it fourth and goal? Yeah, okay. I think they ran it twice. They tried to throw it. didn't right. work. And they kind of looked at it and they were like, J.J., <clears throat> power quarterback run to the can left. Can we just talk about how much I hate the sprint out pass to one side of the end zone and cutting off the other half of the Yeah, field? it's kind of God, I, I yeah. hate it. Every team does it. It's not a Michigan thing. Can't stand it. Sorry. Let's yeah. But he takes <clears> it. Hard cuts left, runs over an Ohio State guy, gets the score, and I runs go, in front of his pulling lineman. He's yeah, like, he no, was, I'm no, not he waiting did, for you. He's just like, go. He's like, you're taking too long. I'm yep. gonna go past you. Yep. And runs him over, scores the touch. I go, go up by and I literally, I look at Kyle and go, but that's why you want JJ. Yeah, that's that's that, the play yep. you want JJ for because mm-hmm. you can't tell me Kate's Kate's gotta sit in the pocket and make that throw. Yeah, JJ's like, I'm just gonna take it with my legs and run. Mm-hmm. And that was, and that's why I've been preaching this entire time is. Illinois, Maryland, some of these games where I go, I'm worried going in with JJ because he might make that mistake that might lose you the game. Mm-hmm. But you have the uh, higher upside of going into Ohio State, playing TCU, playing Georgia, mm-hmm. and going, he can match you. he can match quarterbacks. Yeah, he can match you run for run with quarterback, throw for throw if you have to. He can match, mm-hmm. and that gives you the best chance to win. And you saw it today. He threw. He had four total touchdowns, fifty mm-hmm. percent completion percentage, two hundred and sixty three yards, and three touchdowns through the air. Yep. And the, like yeah, and the statistical great. side, if you take the touchdowns out of it, fifty percent completion percentage, not great, right? And you and you look at it, but I will say this: this was his coming out party. A thousand percent, this was his coming out party. He kept them afloat um, when they needed it, right? You knew going into this game, as we kind of start to to dive in, you know, Ohio State comes out hot early, right? They go right down the field. They score. Even Joe Klatt, I love Joe Klatt, but he's like, I was surprised that Michigan deferred because you put Ohio State's offense out there early. And I go, yeah, but if you keep it close – it's all working in your favor because yeah. if, if they're within a score and you get the ball, now you have that extra possession. If you go score, which is exactly what they did, mm-hmm. it's now it's in your favor. Yeah, that 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 decision was very interesting because yeah. I was worried Ohio State getting the ball, but yeah. how the game was playing out, twenty to seventeen at halftime, Michigan getting the ball mm-hmm. compared to Ohio State getting the ball yes. is very different. Very game. different because Ohio State yeah. could have went to go score, go up twenty seven seventeen, yeah, and now you're worried. Right. Michigan goes and they score a touchdown. Now, now you, you take the lead. lead, yes, and now you have the advantage in possessions at Correct. that point. Yeah, and and the fact that you felt like, okay, 
it very much felt in the first half, in my opinion, that Michigan was hanging on by like a thread. Mm-hmm. Like in that first half, we're like, okay, we're getting stops. We're getting stops. We're getting stops. And like, okay, we hit the, we get the first comeback route. You know, Cornelius Johnson yeah. makes a great play. The, the first touchdown off the first like four drives yeah. was like a lucky, like we just yeah. need oh, something. Oh God, thank you. Because yeah. we need, like they had no momentum going mm-hmm. and Ohio State was just walking down the field. Right. The second touchdown was okay we're here to play kind of yes. touchdown yes and because they, it's you know they score they get the three and out and they immediately first play of the first play of that drive post deep post touchdown and you go okay we've kind of settled a little bit and i think that gave the defense a hell of a lot of like okay yeah we don't have to be perfect here yeah we, we just got to be good enough yeah we just have to get one stop here yep. but like yep. if they if we do let up the big play here right. We it's not the it. end of the world because it's a tie game. Michigan's ability to match big play potential versus Ohio State's ability to match big play potential was crucial. And that was my biggest concern going into the game was I was worried that if they couldn't control the clock, they couldn't control the tempo of the game because they played Ohio State's game in the first half. Mm-hmm. If they could not match them punch for punch, swing for swing, I was worried that this game was going to be a track meet, and that's that's not the game that Michigan wanted to play. Yeah. And even in the second half, I think we can agree. They went, okay, we've got the game in control. Now let's run the ball, right? Yeah. Now they have to kind of take some things seriously. They took J.J., and they went, you're running the ball. Yeah. You're going to have to move it here. Yeah. Um, but that first half, the fact that they were able to match big play versus big play, and even with the big throw to, uh, to Marvin Harrison Jr., I was honestly like, all right, they took the lead back. I wasn't all that concerned mm-hmm. because, like, that was going to happen. Yep. Whether it happens now or happens later, it's going to happen eventually. Dude's too good. Stroud's looking for him all day. It's going to happen. But the defensive performance to allow the offense to settle in and then the offense then saying, hey, defense, we got you. We got big playability too. We're going to be able to match them point for point, big play for big play, chunk yard, chunk yard. That was so crucial in that first half for them to hang on Mm -hmm. for them to go, dude, we didn't play. We had 10 yards rushing in the first half and we're down by three. Yeah. It's over. Mm -hmm. It's over because now all we have to do is just execute and the game's ours. Mm -hmm. I I mean, there's so many good things to come out of this game. I think Jesse Minter deserves a ton of credit for his performance, the way he called this game. There was nobody truly ever, in my opinion, like, bare ass wide open a good chunk of the game mm-hmm. which i thought was, was was a good sign i thought they had good tackling i thought the pass rush was non-existent for big chunks of yeah. that game yeah i was happy to see they ran those like bubble screens uh-huh. a lot yeah and the first the first play of the game was that like weird bubble screen that went mm-hmm. for like 15 yards yep. and you could tell they made quick adjustment because the well, they second went, time never they, again yeah the yep. second time they did it yep. they had a they had a corner yep. in the flats mm-hmm. just blowing the play up the second yes. he ran the bubble yep. route yep. and it was just like it was stuff like that where you could just go okay like they would do a run play where they pull guard they go okay that's what you're gonna do never yep. again yep. and every time exactly. they pull guard they bring an extra guy down yep. to help come from the backside to mm-hmm. get the running back early like everything that they did in yep. the first like 15 they plays they were like okay this is what you want to do we're going to put an answer to it yep. so you're going to have to keep changing your offense and the, red, and the thing was yeah. Ohio State never changed their offense or defense not at all to like they were like we're just going to keep running these bubble screens it's like then we're going to keep blowing them up like yeah, it was, exactly and and I will say this the red zone defense by Michigan today or yeah. on Saturday 
phenomenal. It was phenomenal. It, it was the epitome of bend but don't break yeah. in the red zone, just don't let him score a touchdown. And they talked about it in commentary quite a bit, and I thought this was a nice job by Joe Klatt and Gus Johnson where they talked about the, the four-point plays, right? Like Jesse Mentor was like, that was a big thing. He's like, it's a four-point play. He goes, we get to stop the kick field goal. I have no, I, I, We have no issue giving the ball back to our offense if we allow field goals all day. Mm-hmm. I go because we're gonna score. Yeah, it's but we can't allow them to walk in have easy touchdowns. The first touchdown, right? You're so worried about Marvin Harrison. Sanders still on a wide receiver, you know, not mm-hmm. playing inside leverage. Yeah. That's a tough day at the office. Um, but overall, I mean, my goodness, what a what a performance there. You know, offensively, I thought, you know, coming out and throwing the ball. I think they just did such a great job of prep for this game. You know, they didn't freak out early. Going into half, I just there's so many good things to talk about. This, this in my opinion, and I, I would assume everyone's kind of in lockstep here. It's the biggest win of Jim Harbaugh's Michigan career, and I don't even really think it's all that close. Barring they win one of the final four games here, yeah, it, you know, in a minute, and we'll, we're we're gonna we're gonna preview Michigan Purdue. Don't worry about that. But this game, it's one thing to go in last year with the edge of not again. We're at home. Crappy weather conditions. We run the ball better than anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. We have two studs on the defensive line. We've got first-round picks. We have the best offensive line in football, and we're just going to grind you out and beat you to death. Mm-hmm. It is a totally different story to go into Ohio State. Perfect weather for a track meet. Yeah. 50 to 50 degrees was, and sunny. That was almost the almost yeah. perfect blessing in disguise. Yeah. Because not being able to run. Yeah. It was like, thank God we had perfect weather. Right. Because it was a Ex- snowstorm. Exactly. It's like, and we can't run. No kidding. Right. So, in a perfect weather, yep. right, in Ohio State, and you matched their tempo. You matched them big shot for big shot, and then were able to impose your will in the second half. Mm-hmm. Two different stories. Of two different teams, yeah, completely different ways of winning, mm-hmm. and you and you you rose to the occasion. Biggest win of Harbaugh's Michigan tenure, yeah. and it's not close. So, so Rob, so yes. can we finally say for you because yes. I'm there? Yes. So next year, yes. they both go in relatively ten and one. Okay. Can you finally go in and go? Okay, I feel confident Michigan can beat them. Yes and no. So here, here I'm gonna put a caveat on that. Okay, just okay. briefly. It, it's going to depend on who stays and who goes. Okay. Right? Like, it, it really will yeah. for me. Like, if they if they lose six defensive starters or whatever, right, yeah. for whatever reason, or, you know, then I'm like, eh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if they come back with a relatively semblance of the team and J.J. continues to progress, mm-hmm. because in my lifetime, for the most part, right, I haven't seen Michigan have the better quarterback in this series ever. Yeah. Like, literally ever. And I think next year – you could. You, you could. very well should. Honestly, you should. Yeah. McCarthy against whoever the first time starter is going to be for them next year, it's 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 not really. And on in my, yeah. in my opinion, it shouldn't be comparable because mm-hmm. JJ should continue to ascend. Yeah. And they're going to have a guy who he's going to look good. They're going to have studs around him all over the place. Yeah. Marvis Harrison is not going anywhere this year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have points. They're going to score. But I would. I am going to now with this win here. I will feel more comfortable in saying Michigan has a chance to beat Ohio State. Michigan should be in that competition. Especially at home. Yeah. But here's the other thing, too. I think that's a subplot that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. You know the best part outside of Michigan just getting this win? Hmm. This rivalry 
feels like a rivalry again. Yep. Rather than just every, you know, we we talked about this early in the early days of the show during the Shea Patterson years. If we go back and relive those terrible memories, um, going into some of those games where you're like, oh, it's the game, you know, it's Michigan Ohio State. I go, yeah, Michigan's got no chance in this game, mm-hmm. like no chance. They're gonna get killed. Yep. You know, and they have officially bucked that. Mm-hmm. They went, nope, not anymore. And I'm gonna give a ton of credit. I'm actually, I'm going to give all the credit, quite frankly, to Jim Harbaugh in two things. He was man enough to realize I have to change my defensive philosophy. Mm-hmm. And he went to his brother and he went, what do you guys do? Because you guys seem to have a pretty good defense all the time. You know, if, the, if it's good enough for the NFL, I'm guessing it's probably good enough for college. Yep. Right. And he brought in a guy from Baltimore staff to implement a, a defense, which Jesse Minter has continued to, you know, to maintain and, and uphold. And then two he found his identity on offense. We talked so much over the last couple of years about how when they went to the spread, when they brought Shea, it's like they don't feel they're just copying mm-hmm. what Bama does. They're just copying what Texas Tech tries to do or whoever or what Ohio State tries to do. And it's not effective because you're trying to be a replica of what somebody else is doing. He took one big massive step back and he went, we got to run the ball. Mm-hmm. We have to be physical at the point of attack. So I give so much credit to Harbaugh for understanding and saying we have to change everything. That COVID year was the biggest blessing to ever happen for this football team and this program because without it, you're still stuck in the same rut, in my opinion. Yeah. If they go out and they're 7-0 and in that COVID year with Joe Milton, right, mm-hmm. and they just beat Michigan, a bad Michigan State team, they beat Rutgers or whatever – and they go and just get destroyed by Ohio State again, you're you're still in that same spot. Yeah. But having the the open mindedness, the the willingness, and honestly, the, to have the balls to go, we have to change everything. Yeah. We have to do everything in our power to for one team because we'll beat everybody else just with our talent and our recruiting. That's the team. Yeah. How do we beat them? We have to change who we are schematically and as an identity, mm-hmm. and that's how we get this done. Yeah, I do. I do find it fun that, like, yeah. as a Michigan fan, you can go yeah. really like Michigan pre-COVID and post-COVID. It is are, a totally, like, totally different, different team. It's a totally different team. It's like post-COVID, they are like twenty-four and three. three? Let's two. See. Yeah, they lost to Michigan State, State and Georgia. And Georgia. <laughs> like yeah. post-COVID, they're twenty-four right. and two or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like they're, it's, dude, they're twelve and zero for the first time in since nineteen ninety seven when they won. won the national title. Yeah. This is insane. And last year they were eleven and one going into yeah. the playoffs. Going so it's into like, it. yeah, yeah. Their only blemish was the crazy. Needed the Kenneth game. Walker six touchdown game. Yeah. yeah. So, but like that, that's just crazy how you can go. Yeah, like pre pre Michigan COVID year and post Michigan COVID year. Yeah. It's like that's like you have like a defining moment where it's like that's this where is the where everything changed. changed. And and I think like most teams don't have that. They just kind of. Like yeah. gradually Clemson got progressively better, right? Yeah. Like, like Dab- Dabble yeah. comes in in like 2010, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. it was, and like slowly, 2016, now they're finally there. Right. Michigan's like, nope, this is the moment. Right. COVID year. Right. It's, it was, like it's never been recruiting, right? It's never been the recruiting. Yeah, they always I don't, get five-star guys. Right. It's never been lack of a lack of, you know, talent or lack of co- – I don't even – they've had good coaches. They Even when Brady Hoke was here. Brady Co- Hoke is not a good coach. But they had good coordinators. You know what I mean? It's it's a complete change in philosophy. Michigan Michigan coaches forever. I'm like, well, we, all we care about, you know, we, we got to beat Ohio State. We got to beat Ohio State. We got to beat Ohio State. But 
you can see a clear shift in the Harbaugh mentality of saying, but we're not beating Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So whatever the hell we're doing, okay, we can shut out BYU 31 nothing, Great. But we're getting killed mm-hmm. every time when it matters most. So what are we doing? What do we have to change philosophically to be, how do we beat them? Because if we can beat them, we can beat everybody else. We can beat everybody else in the Big Ten, and it's not really all that close. How do we beat Ohio State? Yeah. I give so much credit to Jim Harbaugh for being willing to change, knowing he needed to, right? And his job was kind of on the line, right? Being like, listen, dude, you got to either figure this out or you got to get out. But the fact that he was willing to do that has now put the onus on Ohio State to go, how do we change how, what we do to beat Michigan? Because this is the second year in a row now, especially in that second half, where and even Ryan Day said in this presser, they were physically dominating Michigan at the point of attack in that in the first half. They were. Michigan couldn't run the ball, right? If you're Ohio State, you're thinking they had two big plays. They had two big plays to Cornelius Johnson and a field goal. We should be up by 15, 20, 25 at this point. Mm-hmm. And now you go in, and the second half, Michigan imposes their will offensively. At the point of attack, at the line. And I would even say the defensive line kind of got better as the game went on as well. Yeah. Um, I uh, think it was, what's his name? Is it McGregor? Brandon McGregor. Yeah. Had a freshman. Phenomenal, phenomenal football game. Mm-hmm. Phen- he almost had two pick sixes on his own. Yeah. Phenomenal as a defensive end. Yeah. Ph- fantastic. Um, but at the point of attack in that second half, Michigan really started to impose their will. I think, and I think the idea of like Ohio State having to go straight to the pass. Yes. Helped that a lot. Made them one-dimensional. Because, because that was what I noticed Ohio State doing for Michigan was they go into third and nine, yeah. and they just go, all right, we're just going to bring everyone and attack J.J. Mm-hmm. Because you know you're not running, obviously. Right. Right. I think the second half, once you went up 11, mm-hmm. once you started putting the pressure on, it was like, okay, Ohio State's abandoning the run. And the and the edge rushers were like, okay. cool. Yeah. And, Ime Ibuke was and like, Michigan, I'll go get him. Michigan running a two-high safety the entire time. They went, you are not going to beat us mm-hmm. over the top. Yep. It's not going to happen. If you score, it's we're going to make 14 you... plays. Exactly. And it's going to take you seven minutes to yeah. do it. Because otherwise, it ain't happening. You're yeah. not taking the top off. They did it one time, and that was the Marvin Harrison play, where they played press man with no safety because they brought a blitz, yeah. a delayed safety blitz, which I was like, that's never going to get home. But... And they beat him. Yeah. And they went, never again. We took the risk. It didn't work. It's never happening again. And once they got in control of that game, it was it was a lock. Yeah. It was a lock. So I am very fascinated by what Ohio State is going to do. They tried to, right? They bring Jim Knowles in, right, from Oklahoma State. He's got one of the best defenses in the country. But even now you can say, yeah, Big 12, don't, Big 12 doesn't, you know. Play defense. You, yeah, you try to run man coverage, and it kind of works sometimes. But yeah. You tried to run man coverage, press man, cover zero, no safety help, mm-hmm. and you got killed. Yeah. Back-to-back years allowing more than 40-plus points to Michigan. Exactly. Not the, exactly. Not, not great. So, and Michigan holding them both times to under, what, 25 or 27? Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Both home and away. And so it is – I am very fascinated by that. And I, I do want to take just a half a second here. If you're an Ohio State fan and you're calling for Ryan Day's job – you're an idiot. Yeah. I'm sorry. And this is not coming from a Michigan fan. This is coming from it, just for a second here because I am a Michigan fan, and I'm very glad that we're kicking your ass. But if you're an Ohio State fan and you honestly think that you can find somebody who is a better head coach for Ohio State than Ryan Day, 
I understand the first person that you're going to think to is, well, Luke Fickle could come here. But let's say Luke Fickle doesn't want to leave. Let's say Luke Fickle's waiting for another job. Or maybe he just likes Cincinnati. Uh, do you want to hear the rumor on that? Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. There you go. See? Wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't be shocked. Right? They play a brand of football that he wants to play. Run the ball, good defense, all that stuff. And you go into the West? You win the West. Yeah. Anyway. I'll say, I'll say realign and then that yeah, could get interesting. Maybe not. But yeah, yes. right. But anyway. As of right now, yes. So say Luke Fickle's off the table. Who the hell are you going to hire if you're Ohio State that's better than Ryan Day? The man is 45-5 and five in four years as head coach. He is 28-30-2 or 30 and two in the Big Ten. His only two Big Ten conference losses in his career as the Ohio State head coach is against Michigan. And I get it. All we care about is beating Michigan. But do you? Do you really? Because if this game didn't matter and you were already in the Big Ten championship and Michigan beat you by 1,000, nobody would be bitching. Because you'd still be playing for the Big Ten title and you'd still be going to the Final Four. So at the end of the day, really understand what you're asking of that. Yeah. You want Ohio State to find a better coach for your system, this run-and-gun, high-offensive track meet team, than the guy who built it. Doesn't make you going to hire Urban Meyer back so he can have a stroke on the sidelines in five years and leave you with, a, with recruiting violations like he's done everywhere else he's ever been? No. Get real with yourselves, people. Ryan Day is a very good football coach. And if he got fired, he would be hired immediately by every other team in the country, not in the, t not in the top five right now. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't be hired by LSU, Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama. I guess Ole Miss because they're kind of committed to Lane Kiffin. And Clemson. And Clemson. Every other team would go, you're gone. Goodbye. Let's, let, let's make a run at you Ryan Lincoln Day. Riley? Oh, Lincoln Riley is another good yeah, one. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. Yeah. Everywhere else. Well, point taken. There's like six yeah. or seven There's like teams. six or seven programs in the entire country that would yeah. not want Ryan Day as their head coach. Don't be ridiculous. That's absolutely asinine to me. Any other thoughts on the game itself that you want to get out there before we talk Purdue, Michigan, and then the Final Four stuff? Um, I would say the only thing uh, I would take away that I was kind of worried about yeah. going forward mm -hmm. is the first half end of game or end of second end of first half game management. The, yeah, the, the going down there trying to get a field goal, and you just went. Yeah, like the weird on? clock management, yep. like not really knowing what they're doing kind of thing. That thing kind of worried me because I think in a big game against like Georgia, if you're doing that, yep. I would be like, if you like miss help on points because you mismanage your timeouts or you mismanage yep. that, that kind of worries me a little bit. I'm not, yep. I mean, they haven't shown a propensity of that through the season. I will yet, say this but... though, in defense, just quickly, because I agree with you. I will say though, I think there was a little bit of confusion because the refs. On that draw play, right, mm -hmm. on third and short, where J.J. ran for like 25 yards to almost get them in range, they blew the whistle, and then no one could explain what the hell happened. And then five minutes later, like, oh, Ohio State called timeout. Yeah. And I go, okay. So we let all this clock – it was a weird – Yeah, and then they put time back on the yeah, clock. And it was exactly. like – it was a very weird situation. Yes. But it was like very, like, yes. iffy I clock do still think they did that. management correctly. And so yeah. that's that's one thing I, I will say I worry about. Yeah. And also I think the – I don't think it's necessarily important for the Big Ten championship. Yeah. But I do think Blake Corum playing on New Year's Eve if once they eventually mm -hmm. do talk into yeah. the Final Four stuff uh, is very crucial mm -hmm. in, like, determining – Maybe not even necessarily super big if they play like TCU, yeah. but like if they end up with USC or Georgia, yeah. I think Blake Horn will be very important in that. If for no other reason to be a threat, yes, like, just, yes, just, just to, to be out just there, just to be like, out there, just like make sure, like if he lines up in um, mm -hmm. in the pistol, and it's yeah. like, hey, he could get this ball, and he could break it for forty yards. Yeah. So you have to 
account for it because if CJ Stokes is back there, I'm sorry, Georgia's not accounting for CJ Stokes. Let me Stokes. ask you this before we move to the actual game itself. Assuming, let's say he does come back, are you worried that they kind of go back and regress into the playbook where they become so run heavy? And no, it becomes I, less I, I think they actually, now that they have the playbook a little open, I think yeah. it just opens. Like, where you go, hey, maybe we should just do this. Now you can just, <laughs> yeah, like I think they're saying game plan with Ohio State where you do read options and yeah. you throw the ball around a little yeah. bit, gets included with Blake Horm getting 30 carries. Can we just talk about the fact that Donovan Edwards and J.J. McCarthy are both coming back next year? Mm-hmm. Just saying. And, and Will, see, Will Johnson, their starting safety, who was on yeah. uh, Marvin Harrison for half the game, is coming back too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. And McGregor. I'm telling you right now that McGregor kid Brandon McGregor's has a massive ceiling. Soft, sophomore, junior year. He's going to be crazy. Shnikes. I was like, Ime Ibuke, he's coming back. Number 18 on the yep. D line. He's yep. going to be coming back. Yep. So they got some guys returning that Absolutely. actually at least maintain yes. for the first couple weeks to get everyone else. CJ Turner coming back or C Junior? He's a he's a senior. He's a senior. I believe. God, I'm old. I can I can definitely look, but okay. I think he's a senior. And either way, they have they've got pieces. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they yeah. have they have people coming back. Where yeah. that's why I'm not like super like yeah concerned like. Like, Cornelius Johnson's a senior. Like, right. Ronnie Bell's a senior. Those guys will be leaving. They should be getting Eric All and Schoomaker back ne- probably next year, too. Yeah. Well, so, then you're going to have – well, you still have, like – you'll have um, – DJ Turner's senior. You could still have, you know, some other guys. Yeah, DJ Turner's a senior. But they're okay. both their safeties are both sophomores yeah. So or, or freshman sophomores. So, yeah. they'll both be coming back guaranteed. So, you got a lot of guys, like, returning, yeah. mixing in their new recruiting class. So For sure. It's All not right. like a whole – yeah, and they got some running back depth too. CJ Stokes looks good in, in limited carries. He'll yeah. only get better. Okay, so do you want do you want to do you want to do Michigan first, or since they're the eight o'clock game, do you want to end with them? Uh, we can end with them. That works. Yeah, okay. for sure. So Friday, December second is yeah. when the Pac-12 plays. We're only going to do the Power Five because yeah, I think that's, that's the only important yeah. one. We play on Saturday, though, right? Yeah, we'll play on Saturday, okay. but this is the only Friday one. Gotcha. They always play the Pac-12 on Friday. So Friday night, December second at eight o'clock, you got Utah and USC. They're just the top two teams because they don't do conferences. Oh, that's right. They don't do like the separate yeah. divisions. <laughs> they just have the overall conference. So <laughs> USC is like, like, gosh dang it. Yeah, USC's one. Utah was two in the conference. In the right. conference because Oregon blew it yesterday. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't see Utah beating USC twice in the same year, especially because this is going to be, you know, it, it, it USC's got a chance to go to the final yeah. four with this. So yeah, it's interesting. So at, from a betting perspective, USC's only favored by one. Really? So it's basically a pick on between the and, two. You know why, though? And it's because Utah won. And... Utah won, and USC doesn't play defense. Yeah. USC doesn't. Caleb Williams. And Utah's is, really good yeah, defensively. You, so you, USC and Caleb Williams, that connection's like, if he if we go where he goes, mm-hmm. like, they have no other option. Straight up, they yep. don't. So, and I think that's another reason why a lot of people are, like, almost kind of, like, down on USC is because we've seen this before with every Oklahoma team Lincoln Riley's yeah. ever had. I will say the, – the prospect of Caleb Williams comparative to like Baker and Kyler, Kyler I think Caleb shows a, a lot more than those two do. Yeah. Um, Kyler was really good statistically from college, mm-hmm. but I think like Caleb just has like the arm talent and like the mobility that I feel yeah. like the other two don't. So I feel like this is a scarier version of what the Oklahoma teams were. Yeah. But I will say it does remind me very Oklahoma ish. Yeah. And their approach, right? But I would take USC to win. Yes, I would too. I just think it's a tall ass for Utah to to do it twice. They, they, I mean, they won on a two point conversion last time. It's not like they beat them by fifty. Yeah, it's uh, not like Michigan did Ohio State or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Saturday, December 3rd, all these games happen on next Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Pepper Big 12 Championship will be the noon ABC kickoff game. We got TCU undefeated 12-0, taking on Kansas State 9-3. and They also don't do divisions, so that's just 1-2 yeah. and two in their division. Yeah, I, I think TCU is too hot. I think TCU made a statement on Saturday playing Iowa State where they went, it's not happening, sorry. Like, I know everyone's waiting for us to falter. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't see them losing to Kansas State here. That would be the most, like, ugh moment ever yeah. like, I, I kind of want them to make it now because they've had everyone's been like well they're gonna lose here mm-hmm. now no they're gonna lose here yeah now i've been on the train no, texas, sure. texas i thought they definitely right and baylor i was like the last second field goal here mm-hmm. while time's expired right yeah it's scary right yep. they've been living by the skin of their teeth i think this game is a game where they go and they handle their business and then they get molly by whoever they play in the final four yeah yeah, TCU is two and a half point favorites, which I think yeah. isn't crazy because I think Kansas State's offense. I mean, I don't know if they run with the Nebraska kid right now because he might be hurt. Yeah, uh, uh, Adrian Martinez, dude, because yeah. he plays there. Mm-hmm. But they could score. Kansas State scores points. Right. So, but they both don't play defense. Like yeah. the TCU's a little more balanced. Points. They have veteran leadership. They run the ball well. Yeah. And uh, Duggan's yeah. play out of his mind yes. the last couple yeah. weeks. So. They, they real. I think yesterday was really a statement game for them against Iowa State because Iowa State's a well coached team. Let me put it that way. You know, Matt Campbell's there and everything. It just it, yeah. You you can tell, yeah. Outside of the uh, USC Utah game, I think this is probably the big game of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, SEC yeah, USC and Utah has a lot of implications. Has a lot of implications. I think I think they're like the most competitive yes. of the games. Yes. I think a lot of these are kind of blowouts. Yeah. Um. This one I also the spread says otherwise. I think it could be more competitive than what the spread says. Yeah. Is the SEC championship game? Yeah. Uh, Georgia, obviously twelve and zero defending champions, taking out LSU. Who's number five? Who will drop because they lost to Texas A&M? Yep. Um, Literally, this, I think uh, Dabo or not Dabo. Uh, what's his nuts? Uh, who's head coach of Texas A&M? Oh, uh, what's his name? Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher. Thank you. Not Dabo. Stupid names either way. Yeah. Um, saved his job by beating. Yes, I, beating I would. LSU. I would agree with that. Um, Georgia's sixteen-point favorites. That's like a lot. That and, is a and, lot. And, and, and like FanDuel has them at seventeen and a half. Yeah. That's just like. I feel like that's a lot for a good LSU team. I think it's a bit of an overreaction because you just lost to Texas A&M. Yeah. Georgia's really damn but good, Georgia, Georgia, good. Georgia has a, a switch. Yes. That, like, Michigan I don't think has, but, like, kind of pulled out against Ohio State mm-hmm. where they kind of flipped the switch in the second half and just, like, we're just going to – I'm gonna say this: crazy. Michigan in the two games they've actually had to come show up and play with yeah. Penn State and Ohio State, up. they showed up big. And that's the same thing with Georgia. They had to yeah. play Tennessee, they had to yeah. play Kentucky, yeah. and um, let's see, they had like one other game where I feel like they had to like come well, up. Even Georgia Tech last week or last oh, um, Oregon in the first week. Like right. these games were like you kind of yeah. have to come to play, yeah. and then they like come to play. Right. But then you play like a Missouri when you win twenty six twenty two, and you're like. Well, it's, it, it's, it's so it, weird. It's, it's like how you compare. It's it's how I compare the Illinois game, right? Where you yeah. go, you just escaped, and you go, "What yeah, the you hell said is that, that? You said like, that weird, what was that? Yeah, right? you said that one wild weird game. Like yeah. even Georgia Tech played them close. Yeah. For the good like first Kentucky half. was sixteen to six. Like you're not like going out and just blowing them out of the water. Right. But right. it's just like it's weird because it's like closer than you think. But then you play like some bet, and you go, "This team might no." Like Tennessee, it's like they're a number one team in the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. You lost by double digits. Okay, right. My exactly. bad. Like it was twenty-seven to six at one point. Like yeah. my bad. Right. So like I don't know. Georgia kind of kicks into a new gear. So I wouldn't be shocked if like important game they're putting all their stuff on this game that it does. Yeah. They do win by twenty-one. But going in, I'm like, this is LC a weird one because Georgia's a lock 
more than anybody because even if they lose, Georgia's the ultimate out. lock. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. It's weird. Like, are they gonna come out flat like they did against Bama last year and just be like, well, we're gonna make it either way? So yeah. like, does it really matter yeah. the game plan for this? But yeah, like, let's, let's be real. Do you think that uh, Kirby Smart's like, man, I really wish we had that SEC championship right now? No, no. who gives a shit? They won the national title. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I, I have Georgia. Yep. I yeah, I have Georgia. Georgia. Oh yeah, for sure. I I don't know my seventeen. Yeah, I think that's a big like seventy and I, I half. Think, it'd be hard. I to, think they could win thirty to twenty. Yeah, and be. I think that's a fair score. Where I go, oh, they put up a little bit of a fight, but just Georgia's too much. Yeah, I, I think Georgia that. overpowers them in the second the half. The only way but... I think it gets to that is like is if like LSU commits a turnover and now it's like, yeah, one you're up by ten, you're trying to go try to match it, throw a pick, pick six or something, and then now it's seventeen, and now the game's over. Yeah, and now it's avalanches. Yeah, exactly. Um, ACC championship game. This also might be a lot more competitive than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, Clemson taking on North Carolina, winner of the Pacific and the Atlantic divisions. Yep. Um, Clemson comes in at a seven and a half point favorites. I do not believe that at all. Yeah. Like if if I was to bet one game. Yep. On this weekend, mm-hmm. that North Carolina plus seven and a half with Drake May at quarterback yep. is very attractive. I think North Carolina wins the game. But I think they can win straight up too. I, do, like, I, really I definitely think they, think they can win straight up. But just like spread wise, I think yeah. it's seven oh, and a half. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I would agree with you on the spread. Um, but yeah, this game means the least because neither one is going to make the playoff. But this game is either going to it's be probably going to be the most competitive of yeah, the five because yeah. they're both. Closely. I think it's either going to be close, and I think UNC have very much has a right to pull it out, mm-hmm. or Clemson's going to be like, see, we were, we are a good team, and they beat the shit out of them, mm-hmm. and you go and like DJ has like a six touchdown game, and you go, wow, Clemson really put a wally off it just to give people like that half a second pause, but. Maybe Clemson, and then you realize, oh wait, they still suck, and yeah. they shouldn't be in the Final Four anyway. Yeah, they got demolished at yeah. home, and then they you lost in South Carolina. But you could see that, yeah. right? Like, oh, Dabo had them ready to play in the big games, right? Maybe we need to think about an ACC Clemson team, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. And you go, no, stop it. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So we're in agreement. So so yeah. far we have Georgia, TCU, and USC winning. Yes. If those three do end up winning, they're locks because I think they're going to be one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Um, with the Big Ten Championship, which happens eight o'clock on Fox, Purdue travels. Well, they both, both travel to Indianapolis. Indy, yeah, yeah. Take on Michigan Wolverines undefeated. Um, number two. I would assume they're going to be two. I assume they're going to be two. Chance they're all, they could be number one. Argument to be made, but the committee usually doesn't bump people above people who if don't lose. Right. But not only that, like it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. All that. Well, much. no, but. Would you rather play TCU or USC? I guess like what it comes down to. I TCU. Think TCU. So like yeah. I think it does matter in that sense. Where if you're one and you yeah. have to play USC, it's a little bit tougher. But yeah. generally, it doesn't really matter because you make the final four, and if you're the best team, you're going to beat them anyway. Exactly. So, but Michigan, Purdue, um, fifteen and a half point favorites for Michigan. I don't think anyone in the world is shocked at that. No. If if this went by a normal ranking, Purdue would be like the seventh best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, it, they're Michigan just, just needs to show up. It's a business trip. Michigan needs to show up. Yeah, just like they did against Iowa last exactly. year. Show, just up, show up, shut them down, yeah. and be done Win with by it. 21. Because this is the thing. Purdue can't it. run the ball. No. Purdue cannot no, run the ball. No, they got Aiden O'Connell, and they have that stud receiver. Yeah. And they just – it's like it's like Burrow, Jamar Chase in the NFL. Shut them down. They just throw to that bad boy, and he's not there. It's like, I don't shut know. Shut them down. Maintain possession, right? Beat the crap out of them at the line of scrimmage, right? I want to see the D line dictate the pace a little bit, yep. force O'Connell off his spot, and and take care of business. Don't don't do the most 
Michigan esque thing ever and blow this game somehow. Yes. Don't do that. Agreed. Don't do that. I, I don't I don't foresee it happening. No. But you can't come off of being I was like an like ounce more did. worried last year that they might do against Iowa. Yeah. I am like not concerned at all that they do it against Purdue. They have to they have to just come out and play their game. Yes. Play your game and I and I think that I think this team in particular, like JJ said it in his post game presser and stuff like that, he took the Big Ten East champs. He's like, this doesn't. He's like, job's not done. Like yeah. we have, yeah, we have like there, like Harbaugh is already looking to next week, which is like to me where I'm like, he's locked in yeah. right now on like a different level. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think Michigan should win handily here. Yeah, I'm thinking I, I, 17 to 21. Just make sure you get it done. Yeah, like, I I'm not saying like last yeah. year Iowa where it's like 43 to I don't even, eight. Yeah. Like I'm not expecting that necessarily. Just don't make I think me Purdue, feel like it's close. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Purdue early on will try. Will throw <laughs> some things around and like they're explosive offensively. Yeah. But I mean, they're just not. They're just not there. They're not good. They're, they're not good. Their defense is bleh. They don't run the ball, right? So you're playing a one-dimensional team who has to pass pro, right? So you pin your ears back a good yeah. chunk of that time. You should have linebackers dropping back into coverage. He, he's not mobile. It's yeah. not like he's this running quarterback who can make these crazy-ass throws. Get him off his spot and go beat their ass. Like, yep. you're you're the best team in the Big Ten. Go beat their ass. Yeah. Um, I would agree <laughs> Michigan wins. And so I think in terms of Final Four-wise – yeah. I think Georgia and Michigan, in my opinion, yeah. are like ninety nine percent lock. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think it's ever fair to say a hundred percent. Yeah. Ninety nine point five. I would say Georgia, I would say Georgia's a hundred percent lock. Okay. They, they okay. really I don't think there's any way to not have them in at this okay. point. Uh Michigan, I would say ninety nine point five percent locks. Yes. Um, I think TCU and USC are both a little more, especially USC. Yeah. Uh, but TCU also, they're more subject to be thrown out of the Final Four in terms of a loss. Yes. And I think the team that would substitute them would probably be Alabama. Yeah. So in my mind, I think TCU takes care of business. So in my mind, I've got Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU, TCU three. three. USC is yeah. the worry one. Yes. Where I think if USC yes. loses, then, I think Alabama can pop in. Everything. Is a total shit show, right? Because yeah. now you're like, well, Bama's like, well, maybe we can get in. And Ohio State's like, well, we only have one loss. Now I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna take a moment here. I don't think there's any way you can put Ohio. Let's just say USC loses for a second, yeah. okay? The other three get it done. They're all three undefeated teams in, in in college football. There is no way that you can put Ohio State in over over Tennessee, which won't make it anymore because Hendon Hooker's out. You're not gonna put them over a two loss Bama team who lost by a team of what four points? You said right. You're not going to put them over. I don't even think you can necessarily put them over. Like Clemson. Clemson, if they, if they right, because Clemson got an ACC championship. You can't lose. You, you can't get blown out at home. I'm yeah. even going to take the last touchdown off of it for a second, the very last touchdown by Donovan yeah. Edwards, okay? You're still down 18 before that or 17, 15, 15, 15 whatever, probably, right? Yeah. Two scores at home Yeah. in, in the biggest game of the year. You – You've lost your right at that point. Yes. To 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 even have an argument to say, well, we beat Notre Dame early on. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Notre Dame's got four losses. Yeah. See, I, yeah. My point of this was yeah. like when Michigan was up eleven. Yeah. I was like, this is probably as close to a perfect situation for Michigan. Yeah. Because even if you absolutely, some, if you somehow blow that game. Yeah. And Ohio State just scores two touchdowns. You never score again, and you lose that game. Um, thirty-five, yeah. thirty-one. I think that's what right. the score would have been, or whatever. Right. It's like okay, you went on the road, number two overall team, had and you, you had them, and yeah. you just lost it. You lost you by four. Yeah. If 
you, if this whole thing played out where, like, Georgia was one, Ohio State would have been two, yeah. uh, TCU was three, USC loses, yeah. Michigan and Alabama both have that equal, almost equal right. case, right. and you go, one's two loss, one's one loss. And we both I have think, the same point differential. And you have the same lo- losing point differential right. on right. road games. Right. It's like, I think it's a very tough argument. On, now, they probably would take Alabama. Oh, but but there is a strong argument there. To your point, yeah. losing at home by 23. Two points, and I, like I said, I even took the last touchdown. And you can off take the last one off because, because, because like, of a, at that point, the game's over and they know yeah, it's over. But yeah, like, there's like three minutes yeah, left. Whatever. The la- the the but, to go up by a full two scores, and then get home. the interception exactly. Like, to, like and they could have just went knee 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 punt, and it wouldn't have. And it would have mattered. Yeah. Yes, like, yeah. um, so you say you leave and lose by fifteen right. at home. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you could get it over a team that's lost two road games. Mm-hmm by accumulation of four points. Yeah. So I think especially when your only real other statement win in my opinion is the Notre Dame one. I'm not even counting Penn State because like like let's it was impressive. It was because it was on the road. It was on and, the road and they they like, are a top 11 team, but yeah, but I I'm like is that would mean to tell me that you think that Penn State has a legitimate chance to be a top five six team in the country and they're not because no. they lose to georgia by a thousand they lost to michigan by a thousand they probably lose they to lose, t- tcu they lose, they lose to tcu and they lose to usc they lose to bama and they lose to tennessee with hayden hooker yeah with hayden hooker yes correct so all six of those teams beat i bet they lose to lsu i think they lose to clemson yeah. like there's a lot of teams that L- yeah. i don't think but then they're sitting there at nine where yes. oregon's probably exactly right so like you're like I, they just don't have the resume, in my opinion, with the way that they lost. If this was close and, and USC lost, I go, all right, you know, rivalry game. Even though you lost at home, you lose by a last-second field goal. Yeah. You have an argument there, right? Somebody gets hurt because they're not fully healthy either, right? And I don't want to take that away yeah, from Smith, that. Uh, Smith and Jigma has been out. Playing. Travion Henderson didn't play. They were missing some pieces just like Michigan was. But the way you lost yeah. is so vitally important here. Bama mm-hmm. didn't get blown out in any game this year. Last second field goal, two point conversion, and they're this close still. It's a little bit different. Yeah. So I I think um, I think if USC loses, they're out. Alabama probably slides into that four spot. Yep. If TCU and USC lose, oh my goodness, that's a shit show. That's that's the interesting situation Ooh. because then it's like now you have to bring Clemson back into that conversation. Clemson a one thousand percent walks right back into that yes. conversation. Yes. And. Um, I think, well, because it's interesting because like, if Clemson wins, they probably jump Ohio State. So, yeah, they'd probably be the four. Yeah, that's what's crazy. You go, oh, Clemson versus Georgia? Bleh. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's, that's a massacre. You're really, you're really just praying to God that one of the two wins. Yeah. I, I, but I, would, I, think, I think at this point I'd like to see TCU win. They're just diff- get in. Just, has, like last year you had the Cincinnati story. Right. This year you get TCU's the TCU been in the Final Four before, haven't they? Mm-hmm. They haven't? No, the first they year. Missed out, they right? missed They're out. They missed out. They were five. the five. Yep. Yes. I was thinking Washington. That's the random team that made it. Yeah, Washington. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to see TCU get in. I think it'd be cool. Um, I'm indifferent on USC. I don't like USC, so screw that. But, like, I, I think. But And, and that's why, like, yeah. I, I don't see an instance where Michigan can lose or Georgia can lose and don't get in because yeah. even if Michigan, say, loses to Purdue somehow, yeah. it's like, okay, do you take Alabama or do you take Michigan who just went on the road by 22? Like, I yeah. just don't see a way that Michigan – Right. With that Ohio State win, right. doesn't get in now. Right. Yeah. So we took care of business. Go just win the Big Ten. Yeah, just win the yeah. Big Ten so it's not even a like, – right. But, a, yeah, like a so in process, my mind, but. yeah, if, if the way of our predi- – I don't. I think this is going to be this one of the situations where we're talking about it, but USC just can take care of business, and we just know and it's going to be – And TCU takes care of business, and then we're all just kind of like, yeah, this is the final four. What order do you want them to play in? 
And, and I think it'll be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. USC. Because I think they want that Georgia defense versus USC's offense. And, and they you want think the they two want, kind of un Yeah, they want unproven. the two teams where you go, we, let's get a new team in here, right? Let's get Michigan or T. Like, Michigan, T, Michigan Michigan's the blue blood program. TCU is like the, the Cinderella story, right? But it's like, man, you got Jim Harbaugh, right? And now you get that rematch in the finals this year, of Michigan of Georgia, and you go, oh, man, Michigan got killed last year by Georgia. Did they make – did they fix it to, yeah. to pull the upset off? Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Football's a lot of – couch well, – I, I say NFL storylines are usually, like, storyline-driven. Yeah. There's always good storylines going into, like, a Final Four. Yeah. I think this Mich- this uh, college football season, there's a lot of good storylines going into these. And I'm going to make the statement right now. Michigan's got a chance. Michigan, Michigan did, yeah, has a it. legitimate chance to win a national and, title. And my number one reason why is – J.J. McCarthy. As I throw stuff. my phone, yeah. I think it's J.J. McCarthy. I think he adds you that extra level yep. that can get help you get you over the edge. That is a, it's a fun proposition right there, ladies and gentlemen. It's just fun to be talking about the fact that we're going to the Indianapolis again to play for another Yeah, going to Indianapolis. You know what's funny is Michigan football, mm-hmm. actually, I guess, and Michigan basketball mm-hmm. are the only two program or sports yeah. that we can talk about have any, like, playoff success yeah. since we've started this podcast yeah i know it's rough none of the other four have even actually, actually the pistons did make the playoffs they yeah. got swept in the first round but yeah, don't you take that yeah, away don't take, don't take that away from them <laughs> but other than that the pro sports have not made even the wings have a statistical high probability because they're in the playoffs right now if basically like 75 percent of teams in the nhl if you're in if you're in the playoffs by this thanksgiving point, yeah then you 75% chance of making it statistically. Yeah. So, so wings are playing good hockey. Wing, 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 wings have a good wings have yeah. a good shot of getting it and be the first one. No. Tigers no. Lions yeah. not we're this gonna, year. Yeah, we're going to talk about We're going to talk to them later. Mm-hmm. But Michigan basketball, Michigan yeah. football. Yeah. But not this year, oh, but yeah, like yeah, historically, yeah. historically we we yes. have we have talked about the final four and championship. Yeah, finals appearance, yeah. 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 A lot of fun for sure. Great great weekend to be a Michigan fan. Um uh, I guess just at a quick side note, I don't think Michigan State's going to a bowl game because I know some teams get in with five. Yeah, I, I the only know. thing I could see is if they get invited to like the Quick Lane Bowl because it's in Michigan. Right. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting kind of. But thing. But that's the only thing I could. I think thought they of. played. I thought they played Penn State tough um, for about three quarters and then F- think, fell apart. In the yes. Quarter. Quickly. Yes. So yeah. unfortunately for them. Um, so we'll be we talking Spartans next year, where they finally get their recruiting class in per. Michigan State fans. I don't know. Whatever. I'm over here dancing in trophies. I'm yeah, so <laughs> Michigan might go 12 0 again next year. So I don't know. <laughs> if they go undefeated this year, that'd be the best. Buy that. It's like the, you know, like when the Super Bowl happens and like buy the season DVD and they have it like ready to go. Oh, per- baby. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, we're gonna, that's going to have to be a purchase right there. Yeah, it's going to be a fortune how much stuff Kyle's going to buy. How much stuff I'm going to buy? Oh, my God. Are you yeah. kidding me? Oh, no, I definitely get that season DVD. I got oh, it for yeah. the Seahawks when they that. want it. I'm going to buy like, that. I'm going to buy the shirt. I'm going to buy every shirt. Every. Yeah. I'll buy a hoodie. Piece of, of it, memorabilia, of national champ. Oh yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I bought oh, the yeah. Big Ten shirt last year. Big Ten I, champ I, shirt. No, uh, I didn't. I'm gonna buy it this year too if they went back. Well, yeah, if they went back because they'll have a back to back hoodie or something, yeah, I'll get that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's talk Survivor Series before we talk Lions here because, um, this is only a five match card, so I, I feel like we can kind of breeze through this relatively quickly. That's what you think? We can. Um. Yeah, let's start off here. Um, what was what was the first match though? Women's All right, so we we or... had a uh, Survivor Series War yeah, Games. War Games. War Games. War Games. Can we also talk about how the pre-show has no pre-show matches on anymore? So it's just an hour of the panel talking about the five matches, and I go, this does not need to be a thing anymore. You don't have pre-show matches. You don't need a pre-show, the pre-show panel talking about a f- sport that's predetermined. 
Just throwing that out. Like, you know what I mean? You, you know, like, it, come on. Like, you know, this you know, is so it's, ridiculous. You know what's funny about that, Everyone too? knows. <laughs> was, so, like, in the UFC, Dana yeah. White, after all their pay-per-views, yeah. do their, like, their press conference, their press conference yeah, after. WWE Triple did H did the press conference. And he talked the exact way Dana White does. Yeah. So, like, Triple H sat down and said, so our attendance was uh, 15,609. Uh, it was a total sellout. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's okay. Yeah, right. Like, when does this WWE not sell on yeah, a pay per view? No like, I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I gotta watch that. So I watched the Sami Zayn presser. That was it. And then I went to bed. But I was yeah. You know, no, I was like, like Triple H came on first. So I was the, just like, it was just so funny. I was like, the, and then he was answering questions, and they were like, so what do you think about like Hell in a Cell not being a pay per view? He was like, well, and he's like answering these questions. I was like, this is so weird. Like, well, I'm not used funny, to this. Well, like, yeah, like they're they making it, this like a real well, sport. Well, thing. because it's like one of those situations where it's like everyone knows it's a work at this point. Like, yeah, so, they're like, playing into yeah, it now. Yeah, but yeah, but that's what's he funny. He talked about. He was like, he was like, yeah, booking that main event. Like, there was like a couple ways we could have went with it, but yeah. like we went with like, yeah, like obviously we Sammy Zayn. I was like, they were just talking about. Well, Sammy Zayn even decision. talked about it. He was like, you know, we put on a performance. You know, it's not just acting out there. There's real emotion. And I was like, man, they're really going in inside baseball. I know, I know they're like, they're going hardcore. But yet we're still now, doing but... pre-show panels about can Shotzi get it done. No, no, stop it. No, because we're writing it, so she can't yeah, get it. And also, Jerry so King Lawler's like, she's been here six minutes. I don't want to hear about this crap. That's funny. Anyway, let's get let's get. Going. Anyway, so we yeah, had our first war games. We had our first women's war games match. So yeah. we had Alexa Bliss, Asuka, yep. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Mia Yim. Defe- That's yep. her name, right? Yep. So Mia yep. Yim. Yep. Okay. Yep. Defeating uh, Damage Control of Bailey, Dakota Kai, Euro Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. This match went thirty nine minutes. 35 seconds. Sure felt like it. Got a 7.29 out of 10 on cage match on 222 votes. I thought this was the best women's war games match we've seen. I couldn't even tell you what the last ones were. Exactly. So, That's sure. Exactly but the point. thing is, you say that next year, you could say the same thing. I'll go, I don't remember what happened last year. Exactly. So, I'm trying to be nice. I thought this was fine. Yeah, it was good. I really wish the heel. a nice I, little leg drop from the top. I thought the heel should have won still. The damage control, okay, the, the women's tag champs, great. They haven't gotten a single big win since, like, ever. Like, yeah. I'm like, come on, man. No, Bianca Stupid. Bianca is their John Cena right now. She's just Fine. Not, she's cool. not really losing. Yeah, whatever. Big big match Bianca out here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everyone's big match something now. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we had uh, the the Battle of the Bullet Clubs. We yeah. had AJ Styles mm-hmm. with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows taking on Finn Balor with Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio. Yep. Uh, this match went 18 minutes, 23 seconds. Got a 7.30 on the cage match out of 10. And I thought the, the best part of this match yeah. was Michael Cole giving the entire Bullet Club rundown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was like, this is I, awesome. Listen, I was like, I I was like give me all the information I appreciate the fact that they're actively doing that now and yeah. making a point to be like, hey, these guys existed outside of here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's good. Like, yes. that, like can we – if you're a fan, if you're let me put it this way, if you were excited about AJ Styles debuting at the Rumble eight years ago or whatever the hell it was, right? Mm-hmm. Then guess what? You know who AJ Styles is, yeah. so it means you know his run in TNA. You know about his run in Japan. So why why hide it? Yeah. Like well, this guy wasn't a star. Well, then why is he a big star to you then? Yeah. Why do we? Why should we care about AJ Styles signing here if you're never going to acknowledge what his accomplishments are in a previous life? Yeah. Like come on, this is stupid. Yep, AJ Styles gets the win with a phenomenal forearm. This is a good match, though. Really mm-hmm. solid for them. Like I said, I really think they're really trying to turn Finn and, you know, trying to make those guys relevant again. Mm-hmm. So it be good. Yeah, talking about relevancy. Yeah. Our next match. Next. No, we have to talk about Rob. Oh, uh, let's be fair. We have, we have to be fair to all these people. Okay. 
SmackDown Women's title match. We had uh, Ronda Rousey with Shayna Baszler yeah. defeating Shotzi, seven minutes and 12 seconds, maybe five minutes too long. Yeah. Um, this match got a 2.72 out of 10 on the that's, cage that's, match rating. That's being generous. That's being real generous. And uh, Roundy wins with a armbar. Yeah. Um, Did not watch it. So, so here's, what's, here's what's weird about this match, though. Shotzi got no offense in for like 85% of this match. And I was like, so you're giving her... Like, she was getting outclassed by Ronda early on. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. I was like, this is the complete opposite of the way you wanted this to go. You're getting We Want Sasha Chance 30 seconds into the match. Terrible. Just, this is terrible all the way through. Nobody cared about Shotzi. They tried. Yeah. Nobody really cares about Ronda, quite frankly. Yeah. Nobody cares. So yeah. it's, it's... We were really quickly at the point where it's like, can Sasha come in, beat her at the Rumble, and yeah, just... and be done. And just have the title now? Like, Low-key, guess what? I take Charlotte. I would. Oh, I'm begging, one. I am begging for Charlotte to be back. Yeah. Low key. Please. I miss Charlotte Flair quite a bit. And I guess that's why she's still not on TV because, you know, the longer, the, yeah. the longer you go. Yeah. The, absence make the heart go front. But like legitimately, at least Sasha, or I mean, at least Sasha too, but both of them can talk me into wanting to see the match. Ronda, Ronda ain't doing that. Ronda doesn't talk. She, and when she, she talks. The, did you see the pre match promo? Yeah. It's not good. Not good. Not good. Um, yeah. Maybe we do this. Maybe we break her. Maybe we break her shoulder. Maybe we do this. Maybe we do that. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Also, d- just breaking news alert because I think this is funny to me. Okay, okay. So Justin Fields is out for the Bears today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know everyone's listening to this, being like, "Yeah, we already knew that we saw the game already," but it's fine. Um, and so is uh, apparently Trevor Simeon injured his oblique in warm up. So Nathan Peterman <gasps> starting yes! for the Bears. The goat. I'm putting money on him right now <laughs> against the Jets. And Mike White's like, "This is my game to take the job I'm because kidding. because he's what, not." What could be worse than a Mike White? Oh my god, Nathan Peterman game, and people are gonna watch Tim Boyle versus Nathan Peterman. Because Tim Boyle's really bad. I'd take Mike White over Tim Boyle. No, no, no. I'm just saying as yeah. a quarterback matchup between, yeah. like, two teams. Yeah. Like, I don't think – I I couldn't imagine – What is Chicago going to do if they can't run the quarterback? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Maybe throw to Darnell Moody once. Oh, I don't know. God. All right. Sorry. That was a sidetrack, but I just thought that was funny because Nathan Peterman is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. So Yeah, he did throw that five interceptions in one half. We're going to bench Tyrod Taylor for this guy. Makes total sense. Sure. Uh, next, our co-main event here, we had our WWE United States Championship triple threat match. Yep. So we had Rollins coming in as champ, taking yep. on Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Yep. And in 14 minutes and 57, or, oh, God, words, 14 <laughs> minutes and 50 seconds, this match got an 8.53 on cage match. Yep. Austin Theory gets, yep. the, gets win the win as the new U.S. champ. Love the finish here. Um, you know, Rollins has got him. Up, Dead Lashley. Yeah, Lashley's got hits the spear. You know, Theory falls on top of Rollins, right? Gets the three count. Um, liked the finish a lot. Uh, was not all that shocked by the ending, by the result. I know some people were like Triple H is trying to bury Theory. It literally, if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route, then you have to say you were wrong mm-hmm. because you lose the money in the bank. Fine, but now. On pay-per-view, a core four pay-per-view, you just beat two former world champions in 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. Clean. Didn't cheat to do it. Now, granted, I get it. He kind of fell into the win, right? And that's how they booked it. But you beat him clean. And now you're the U.S. champ. So I don't want to hear that Triple H is not a fan of theory or that he's getting you know buried. Because it's he's come out of it better than if he would have just cashed in. Mm-hmm. He was never going to be world champion. Sorry. Not going to happen. So this is a best-case scenario for Theory, and I am very interested to see kind of where it goes. Now, if he drops the title on Monday night, that'd be funny. But, you know, 
Until then. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. All right, main event time. Let's just main yeah. event time. Yeah. Uh, we had the War Games men's match here. Yeah. Uh, we had the Bloodline composed of Jimmy and Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, Sula Sikola, and Roman Reigns taking on Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and the Brawling Brutes, Butch, Rich Holland, and Sheamus. Yep. This match went 38 minutes, 32 seconds. Got an 8.49 out of 10 yep. on Cage Match. And uh, Jay Uso yep. gets the pin on Kevin Owens yep. after... A uh, kick and uh, low blow. A nice haluva kick and low blow, and Sami Zayn looking at Reigns, and Reigns going, "Yep, do it, do it, yeah, kill him." Yeah, and he said, "Well, he didn't say it, but <laughs> no, he, he like, was like, he hey, looked I did it, it. Yeah, he blow. looked at it, and then he was like, Sami was basically like making sure he was like, are you watching me? Are yeah. you watching me? Okay, I'm going to yeah. do it now. Right, and you don't believe he, me? He was, like, he was like a dog. He was yeah, like, was he was great. like, all right, please, you watching? You watching? All right, do it. And uh, he did it, and didn't turn, but like, kept he's now fully, he's now fully embraced." Into uh, bloodline. the bloodline, and Roman acknowledged him by hugging him, and then Jay Uso, the biggest pop oh of maybe the year, yeah. was him hugging him, and the crowd went berserkies yeah. and a half. And that's how you know that this storyline is working, yes. is because outside of Kane and Daniel Bryan hugging again, you're never going to get a bigger pop for that for, for a that, hug for that for right? a weird hug. Yeah. So that was. It was great. Everyone was waiting for the turn. Everybody was waiting for Sammy to get turned on or to turn on the bloodline, right? You were just waiting for it, and it never happened. Instead, they gave you the complete opposite, where they leaned into it even harder on this storyline. I love it. I think this is great. I think Sami Zayn's doing the best work of his career right now. I think he is on fire. I think he deserves all the praise that he's getting. Um, he's fantastic. He really is. And I am so intrigued as to where they are going with the storyline now than mm-hmm. I ever have been, right? Because you thought, okay, this was coming out of it. Now, for this pay-per-view's perspective, it makes the pay-per-view kind of boring, low-key, right? Because nothing really all that much important happened. But for the future, could not be more excited. Very excited. Thought this match was really, really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. War Games is a tough match because it's so long and nothing really matters until after the final guy comes in. So it's like, eh. Okay. Yes. Um, so that's kind of tough, but I thought they did a pretty nice job, and I, I thought this was a good finish, too. I yep. thought it was good storytelling throughout the entire show for this particular angle mm-hmm. um, with the interviews, with, like, Roman talking to Jay, and then Roman brings Sammy in, and then all that stuff. It, it all worked mm-hmm. really, really well. Yeah, in terms of not having a lot of, like, title matches either, like, yeah. it was nice to yep. – it, like, it was a good show for having, like, yes. a U.S. title match and a women's title match. Right, exactly. You know? had, a, had a big rivalry there with a lot of TV time with AJ and Finn, had the two War Games matches. It still went three hours, but I, I didn't feel like it dragged, if that makes any sense. Like, I thought overall yeah. the War Games matches are long, uh-huh. but you kind of have to just learn to accept that, quite frankly. But after that – it kind of just yeah it, it yeah you flowed. can really like the first like twenty minutes of war game matches you can like get a ham sa- ham sandwich yeah exactly like, go out. do something else yeah and yeah, then come and back come back when like the beat the meat of the match that exactly so all things considered thought this was really well done good yeah, good sure. solid show I, I give yeah. it you know like a C it's, plus it, yeah I was gonna say I would give it like C C plus yeah I I, I think they're like when I say that much better than just traditional tag matches, yeah, because I think you could have done this exact same storyline in a traditional Thousand tag percent. match, but just because it's in war games, it's like you got the war. weapons, you, you got, got the weapons, Gaga. you got a couple of table spots, mm-hmm. like you you could you could do a slightly more with the match, but yeah, you amp the up end, the physicality just a little bit, and I think it helps get you to where you're going, yes, rather than a straight a forty minute straight ten man tag. Yeah, would have killed me. That's yes. a rough go. So, all things considered, good stuff. Really looking forward to seeing 
where we go from here. Because mm-hmm. that's really more than anything else what's coming out of the show is yeah. what's next. Yeah, And the interesting part is normally they have a show somewhere in between the Rumble. Yeah. As of right now, they don't have any shows outside of NXT Deadline. But right. That's an NXT show. But they don't have another show until yes. the Rumble. So it's interesting yeah. how we're going to build for sure to the rumble and yep. if we're gonna have any like returns mm-hmm. or talks before right the rumble yeah very exciting very very exciting for sure i can't wait to talk about the rumble too because i have no idea what the hell's i mean well there's a couple options a couple options switch. right but we don't you know we don't really know Depending who the who's, avail- yeah, yeah, who's, who's available who's actually available we at the time no idea. Interesting. yeah for sure um all right let's talk lions here to end this show um and football in general or just lions I want to talk Lions, you know, um, first, and then if you know if you got anything else you want to bring up, sure. we can. But I, we talked about this last week a little bit how we wanted to wait until after Thanksgiving to kind of talk about, um, you know, where they were at, mm-hmm. right? So let's let's just give an overall summary, right? They're four and seven, okay, four and seven. going into a lighter part, I would say, overall lighter part of their schedule, mm-hmm. uh, winning three out of the last four, um, playing Buffalo real close, right? Had a chance to win the game potentially. Um, and then, and so now, right, we're kind of on this lull here until next week because they obviously played on Thanksgiving. Um, I guess the first kind of question I guess I want to ask you here is what, where are you with this football team? Mm -hmm. Because we were just, we're just a month away or a month ago where it was like, Hey, we're one in six. This, this shit's going down fast and they come out, they beat the Packers. Everyone's like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Beat the Bears. All right, cool. First road win. That's nice to get. Then you go beat the Giants, who I don't think the Giants are a very good football team, but 7-2 and two on the road, back-to-back road wins. Yep. And now you've played Buffalo close. Am I wrong to think that they're making progress and that it's heading in the right direction? Yeah. Because in my mind, the Giants win and then not getting – obliterated by a Super Bowl contending team mm-hmm. tells me you're getting there. Yeah. You're not there yet, but you're getting there. Yeah. I would say I am cautiously yeah. with like caps. Yeah. Cautiously <laughs> optimistic. Yeah. Is where I okay. think I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are going to hit exactly the line that we put for them in the preseason. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily, it's not a bad thing. No. Like, obviously, we put these lines out hoping that they exceed them. Yeah, of course. But I'm not going to say preseason, if you listen to our preseason podcast, go, yeah. okay, I think they're going to win six or seven games. If they hit six or seven games, I'm not going to be like, oh, the season was terrible and a bust. They've already they, hit more wins than they had last year. Yeah, fairness. they had more wins than they had last year, yeah. and they have their easier part of their schedule where I think they could easily win at least two of their last six or right. whatever they have, mm-hmm. if not more. Mm-hmm. But I, so I think they can hit their six or seven point. Um, so I'm not going to be like, oh, the season was terrible, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I don't think it's fair to say that at all. Yeah. I do think there was a very rough stretch of like yeah. four games there. But then you had a really nice stretch of like three games yeah. to like counteract that. Um, I think my biggest takeaway still from this team and the one thing I really want to see change yep. that I don't think I'm very worried might not change yep. is Jared Goff at quarterback. I just can't do it. I cannot yep. do it anymore. It's it's, it's really like I look at it as like almost the difference between watching Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy play. Yep. Like like Goff is fine, and Cade McNamara was like fine. fine. Yeah. But you like when you see what J.J. can do and like the playbook that can open up when you have the mobile athletic you saw guy. It. You literally saw it against Buffalo where you went – 
And that's the difference. Yeah, like jo- watching what Josh Allen can do yep. and watching what Jared Goff has to do yep. is like – Two different things. If only you had – I'm even like – if you had like a Derek Carr. Yeah, right. Who can just move around a little bit. Yeah. Is a little bit more accurate on some of these balls. Mm-hmm. That's Your margins are so thin yes. with Jared Goff right now. Like, like the play has to be perfect. Yep. You know every game you're just sitting there going, okay, so when is that – when can I check off that one big mistake he's going to make? Mm-hmm. Because he he almost did it against Buffalo, but they dropped the pick. But like he just throws well, he it right a bad, to the defender. Took a bad safety. That took a bad safety. Like yep. there he were... did against the Giants. They had that pick by Kirby Joseph. The next, next play, play, he almost throws a pick exactly. right back to him. And I go, bro. And that's the check. It's like you're yeah. gonna make that one or stu- mm-hmm. two stupid plays. Mm-hmm. It's just Jared Goff to me is like the one thing where if you could upgrade even slightly at that spot. I think overall the team, I think, is a little better. I am leaning more and more towards he's probably going to be back next year. I am too. And I don't know if that means that they don't love the court. If, if, let me put it this way. If they don't take a quarterback in this draft, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be necessarily all that shocked. Only because I haven't seen enough. I think a lot of these quarterbacks have not come out and been like, hey, yeah, I'm the guy. Now I will. So I'll, I'll plant a flag yeah. on. They're not going to get. Bryce Young. No, no. So I, so I don't think you'll get Bryce Young. I mean, CJ Stroud. I don't think anyone wants now. Anyway, yeah. I mean, someone Seriously. will take him in the top three. Someone might make a mistake and take him in the Are top really three. Are you really going to take Will Levis? Are you going to take Will Levis? Probably not. Hayden Hooker's now hurt, so I don't. Think I'm not taking a shot at all. I'm not taking him. I think the one guy who I think would be a fun idea to take Phoenix is Michael Phoenix. I, I can read you like a book because we talked about it before. Yeah, but I do think. He is like the one guy. If he was there in like the fourth round, yeah. The problem is with that a little bit, and, I, and, and now I, they don't want like if you went doesn't, statistically, yeah, it doesn't like work. you had Dak and you had Russell Wilson and, and Brady and Brady as a sixth rounder. Those are the three that come to mind that actually work. The really no one else that really works outside of that. Yeah. So you're really aiming for like a shot in the dark and hoping that it could work. Yeah, but. He's like the one guy who, if you if you want to use your two first round picks on two stud defensive guys, I mean, you're, the Rams might give you a top five pick. So I that think, top five I think pick, you're going to be top seven, and it could be top seven if you want to use that pick on the studiest linebacker or the mm-hmm. D line, whatever corner, whatever you want to use. We need on. a couple people to win and the Rams to lose out so we can get uh, Willie Anderson from Bama. Yeah, oh, that would be awesome. But like, I'm projecting it's you not probably happen. that probably won't happen. happen. No. But. Like if you you know if you're pulling one of these like stud linebackers or whatever you yeah. want to get what and then you have our sec our first round pick the Lions actual pick which will probably be in the teens, teens. early yeah. teens 12, 13 maybe or what I think it's eleven right now it might go up and down depending um, use that on another whoever I don't know we have we, that's a long time long away time. from now but and Deep then you have a, then you have a high <laughs> and then you have five picks in the top. 70 yeah ish right, right now yep. um two second round two second rounds and the high third that you'll probably get yep. it's it's just one of those where it's like you use all those picks on things that you need right now and if that fourth round pick you want to flex it out and i'm, look I'm gonna at throw someone, a name here though i wouldn't hate i think they're looking heavily into anthony richardson from florida and, okay so he's a, he's a second one yeah michael penix and i wouldn't like again fourth round yeah I think they'd have to take him sooner than the third fourth round. Yeah, probably third or even second, honestly. Because yeah. you have two second-round picks Yeah, now, second, right? Oh, yeah, it's second, right. second. So Minnesota's pick, if they're in the 20s, because I think they lose in the divisional round, low-key, but that's fine. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, the 24, 25 the fifth pick in the second round, right? Because yeah. it's very top-heavy, like, with quarterback need, right? Yeah. Because a lot of these teams, right? Okay, like Houston needs a QB, right? 
uh, the Colts are probably gonna probably going to need a QB. QB, right? They're, they might not be high enough to get a QB, but right. they, I don't know. They, they probably will need um, one. What's another one? Um, Bears don't. Let's Packers see, don't. Let's look at the tank Seahawks, maybe. I'm, I'm putting them in the maybe. I know they're still committed to the Geno Smith experiment, but potentially. Yeah, we, maybe we, not early. Yeah, we'll but, see how that goes. Um, Rams don't. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams here. Well, the Rams – could be an interesting one. Well, Stafford doesn't get yeah, right. If, if, Stafford, if Stafford's if, legitimately screwed up, then yes, but I don't think that they think that. No, I, they're not even willing to shut him down for the rest of the year, which I think yeah. is asinine. You're three and seven. Be done with it. NFL. Okay, so we got. Oh okay, yeah, here we go. So yeah. Houston, Atlanta might need Houston's be. number one. They probably take one. Carolina, Carolina would probably one. take one. Yeah, Chicago wouldn't. No, Vegas wouldn't. No. Uh, Denver, in terms of Seattle, would take the pick. Yeah, no. Seattle at five. Probably wouldn't take one. Um, they're gonna try G- to build. They're, they're gonna, gonna try they're to go gonna with get Gino. a best. Of, yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, they're gonna go they're probably gonna go defense. Corn, yeah, defense somewhere. Yeah, uh, and then Rams in terms no. of the Lions. Yeah, the Lions no. get that six pick. No. Cleveland Texans have two top sevens right now. Oh, for the Cleveland pick, that's right. Yeah, but Deshaun's coming back, so they turn it on here in the last half of the year. Yeah, they'll probably that get might in the mid. Mids. Yeah, uh, Jacksonville's eight. They won't take one. No. Pittsburgh's nine. They won't take one. Uh, Eagles are 10. Nope. They won't take one. Arizona won't. Lions nope. are 12. Packers 13. Indianapolis 14. Yeah, Indy's probably the, Indy's next. Probably the next team. So yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis kind of yeah. rolling around the 14 I area. I think Anthony Richardson's now, if interesting you, If you really liked Lions. Will Levis, there are opportunities to take a Will Levis. Oh, yeah, At absolutely. 5 and 12. Absolutely. Because as we talk about, none yes. of these teams really need a quarterback. Yes, so if you if you were like, we love Will Levis at 12 mm-hmm. – what if? And here's the thing. It could, it could I, be that big what way. if guy. What if Stroud falls around two? What if the Colts and Carolina yep. pass and they go, maybe we're just going to roll with P.J. Walker. Yeah. Maybe we're going to roll with Baker and see what the hell happens. Maybe we just need to – because they've got picks galore coming in, right, because they've got the Niners picks, right, for the McCaffrey trade. So they're going to have some picks this year. Maybe Houston is like, man, we. who knows, right? Maybe the allure of Will Anderson is big enough where maybe Carolina doesn't take one, yeah. right? What if Stroud falls to you? At a certain spot, right? Yeah. What, it, it, if Stroud goes to twelve, right? I don't know. Is, and it, like the, a, is it a terrible thing to try listen, to think about taking him? C.J. Stroud is a tough evaluation. I think Bryce Young's a tough evaluation. Bryce Young does not look like this game-changing guy mm-hmm. because there have been times, especially this year, where he's had difficulty moving the ball when that pocket is not clean. It's the same problem with Stroud. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Richardson. I mean, athletically, a freak of yeah, nature. Yeah, I think with Bryce Young is, I think you could pinpoint like the Tennessee game yeah. where he was just a mod. I don't think C.J. Yeah. Stroud really in like two years. Yeah, I have that that pinpoint big time game where he was just like, let me just go carry. Now Bryce Young did lose that Tennessee game. He also threw for like five touchdowns. And, Here's the thing though, the better. NFL they don't care about that. Jared Goff went number one. He played at Cal. They yeah. never had a winning record. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's, no, I know. Isn't like, it weird, yeah, though, how just, the NFL works? Yeah, like, like they don't care about what school you go no. to necessarily, but I'm just no. saying, like, yeah. in terms like, – Like, next year, Caleb Williams will be the number one pick. Yes, it's like, 100%. And then yep. two years from now, Drake May will be the number one yeah. pick. It's just kind of sad there. Yeah, so with but, the golf thing, going back to the golf thing. Golf. Um, yeah, I, I think they think they are making progress with him, and it's not really hurting them to keep him right now. Yeah. If they take a quarterback like a Phoenix who can't come in right, right away, I wouldn't think if they took Anthony Richardson, he could come in right and, away. And that's my thing is that's why I'm leaning toward Goff being here because I don't think yeah. you're going to take a guy right. 
early with that five, like number five pick. That's going to be a and I don't know if there's a guy, even if they took Bryce Young. Yeah. I don't think that they are the team. They do everything so freaking slow. Yeah. They're not going to throw him in. No, they won't. They won't. They no. just won't. No. So in my mind, golf they has, have him here. Golf has two years left. Right. If they cut him next cap, year, and his dead cap gets yeah. Less so if they and cut him, so to give people the financials, right? If they cut him after this season, so this season gets done in the off season, they cut him. It's a ten million dollar dead cap hit. Yeah. They keep him. And then they cut him the following year. It's like five, five million, yeah. and then it's done, right? So then his contract's out. Just yeah. Done so like the so most you lose is ten right. on the dead cap. If you wait a year, like if you have five. that flex year, right. where like he's a starter for a year, Phoenix is waiting behind, right. and then the next year it's a five million dollar cap hit, and then right. you get your quarterback in. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, the things that I am I am really excited about, okay, is they are having draft picks contribute to the success of this football team right now, mm-hmm. right? Now, obviously, you take Aiden Hutchinson, freaking major. They clearly have hit on that pick. Mm-hmm. I, 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 there's nothing else. As of this point. They, uh, you can't say he has it. Yes. I think right now he's rookie of the year. Yeah, it's him or Sauce Gardner. To me. Yeah, and and right now I'm They're looking at They're both two yeah. impactful players yes. on their defense. Yes. I think that Hutch has really turned it on the last four or five weeks. Really has. And yeah. it, you could tell because in Buffalo he was pretty quiet because they double-teamed him every play. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, tells me you're making progress in the right direction, right? Yes. Um, I think Malcolm Rodriguez has played better. Pretty, yeah. I mean, he had a 90 PFF grade against Buffalo, mm-hmm. right? Kirby Joseph, clearly they have yeah. something there, yeah, he's, right? He's not bad. He's, not coming, bad. He's, he's coming into his own, mm-hmm. right? And then some of these guys that you didn't really want to talk about because you're just like, I don't really know where we're going with this. Jerry Jacobs is starting for this football team right now. Playing pretty damn well, yeah, too, all yeah. things considered. Boy, he took a Warrior spot, mm-hmm. who was the de facto starter, right? You're starting to see some of these young guys that you took a bit of a risk on start to pay off a little bit, right? And that, to me, is why I think more than anything, I am optimistic about this team. Evan Brown was sorely missed in that Buffalo game. Yeah. Sorely missed. Now, Jonah Jackson, too. But especially, you know what I mean? Like, Evan Brown's a backup mm-hmm. that you found. Who the hell is Evan Brown? And has played meaningful stats for you for the last two seasons, right? You're finding guys. Aleem McNeil is finally yeah. taking off and having a super yeah. explosion. That was... His coming out party, yeah. right? JJ had his on Saturday. Aleem had his two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he was dominant in the Buffalo game as well. Josh Paschal, in the limited snaps that we have seen him in, was a difference maker for them, right? You're starting to see some of these guys contribute in meaningful positions. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, tells me you're building some sort of a foundation, right? Amon Ra is probably – I don't know where you want to rank him as far as receivers overall. I think he's the best slot receiver in football right now. I guess yeah. Cooper. Cooper, if you're going to put Cooper in the slot in particular. I don't yeah. know of anybody else who is who would like you could put him in that spot and you go, who's stopping him? Yeah. I don't know He's, who he's he is one of the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's a fourth-round pick where you just go, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We got it, right? Yeah. Now, the Anzarike thing is looming heavy right yeah. now because you feel like, eh, right? But, like, I'm just very optimistic about the fact that we're finding value in later rounds, and we're finding guys in the in this undrafted free agency type thing. Mike Hughes is playing meaningful snaps for you. Mm-hmm. Like you're finding guys 
that are coming in. Sean Elliott's having a pretty damn good season. Yeah. Yeah, this, you know what I mean? this draft gives me a lot of vibes from this past Seattle draft. Yeah. Where you have, like, Seattle has six guys yeah. who they drafted this year mm-hmm. starting. Yeah. Giving quality minutes and actually are, like, producing right. and are actually good. Like, yeah. they found their corner in mm-hmm. Turk Woolen. Yeah. He's their corner for the next, like, 15 years. Like, right. He is there. He's, He's there. there. He's there. Rashad, or not Rashad Payne. Uh, yeah. Kenneth Walker, yeah. they drafted. Is a, is a stud. Is an absolute stud. Yep. One of the top. Maybe he could be offensive running. rookie of the year. Yeah, he might be at this yeah. point. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't, there's not a lot of guys. Yeah, was, out Garrett there. Wilson was leading that charge for a while, but you know Zach Wilson blows. Yeah, so. but, yeah. but like if they can, if they can get a couple more guys mm-hmm. in a really good class next year, yeah, paired up with they're right they back have. in it. Yeah, you're right back in it, a thousand percent. So I am, I'm cautiously optimistic, like you are. Yes. Right. I am. I am very. Yeah. I'm very happy with the returns so far. Yeah, I would say I'm in the same boat that you were yeah. going into like a Michigan Ohio State game where mm-hmm. I'm like until I see it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to I can't, I can't I, fully bank on I'm it. I'm not going to yeah. go in and go, "Oh yeah, like next year they're going to be a 10 win team." Yeah. Like I'm not going to say that until right. they do it. Right. But I'm cautiously optimistic that they can get to that and, point. And, with and what, I want to put out going. another statement here too is that they are I think they're winning mm-hmm. games right now. Uh, I, I think they're doing it in a different way, I guess is the best way of putting that. And I think this Jacksonville game is so important because they need to win that football game yeah. in a lot of for a lot of reasons. You want to have Taylor Decker come out here and say, it's not the same old effing Lions, right? And we're, and we're going to earn mm-hmm. the respect and all that jazz. That's fine. Then beat Jacksonville. Yeah. Beat Jacksonville for me. Because if you get to 5-7, and seven, you play Minnesota at home, should have beat Minnesota on the road, mm-hmm. right? That's going to be a tough game, right? But I think it's a doable task. Not yeah. saying they're going to win, but yeah, right. You got Carolina. You got the Jets, right? Chicago you got, at home. You've got Chicago at home. Green Bay is going to be packed in by that point, right? And you're going, I mean, yeah, both are, you guys will probably be packed in, so it'll kind of be like a toss up, yeah, probably. But, right. But yes. like, the, you've got old guys. You don't have the old guys, so you're going to play your starters. Yeah. And because the Rams are so bad, you kind of have the ability to yeah. win that game anyway. Yeah, that game doesn't matter nearly as much no. as it did like last year right. because right, you'll need, yeah, yeah, the Rams are gonna lose out probably. So, what I'm saying is, you have a lot of good things going for you right now. Mm-hmm. All I'm asking, don't fuck it up. Yeah, that's really like you are in a perfect scenario. You can try to win football games yeah. and somehow make a push for the playoffs. They're not gonna make it there. They put themselves too far behind the eight ball. But you want to push for eight wins. That's, I think, should be the goal for this team. Push for eight wins. Mm-hmm. Whether they get there or not, I don't know. Probably not. But if you go four and two the rest of the way and you get to eight wins and close to 500 and are flirting mm-hmm. with that, you, you, you have set yourself up so well for success in year two of this rebuild where you can go next year. You go, we're going to spend some money. We got two picks in the first round. We've got five picks in the first 65 or something stupid. You've got nothing but potential and room to make that jump to go next year, right? It's another level. It's another step. Now eight wins is the bar. Now we got to get to 10, right? We got to be in that playoff mix. And then it, you know, and then if they figure out this quarterback situation, this is the best chance they're going to have in a hot minute mm-hmm. is right now with this regime with the way they are trending 
this is the best chance they're going to have to build some sort of sustainable success, in my opinion. Yeah. I know some people are going to still think that Dan Campbell's not their guy. I haven't seen any real issues with Dan Campbell the last three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. I really haven't. I know some people really didn't like the third and one fade route call uh, to DJ Chark at the end of that game. I didn't really have an issue with it. I just think it was a – I think if any other quarterback is in there, I don't think anybody has an issue because he's wide-ass open. DJ Chark was wide open, yeah, and, and he just I, missed I don't have an issue with the call. I have the issue, again, with Jared Goff. Right. Because when you look well, – Those at, are two different things. Yes. When you look at the route yeah. on Twitter, they do those, like, yes. route – like yeah, they, they show you. Dude, he has a Zostra open. He yeah. had the dig route with Khalif open. Yeah. He even had uh, – you could see Amon Ra had a step on his guy, and he goes, I'm going to throw it to the deep guy here. But and he, it's like, all you do is check it down Chark for the first Chark had three, uh, three yards of separation. Yeah, and he just missed the throw. Yeah. So I'm like, if you had – a Josh Allen a, in there. Here's the thing. It's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. It's a touch, if it's Matt Stafford, yeah, it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. Yeah. And the game's over, and you just beat Buffalo, and everyone's losing their minds yeah. right now. So so that's yeah. why I don't blame yeah. Dan Campbell for that. I blame Goff for that because Goff yeah. has to – if right. if, it's, if it's deeper and you can't make – throw it to Amon Ra, get a first down, and then right. work from there. Because here's the thing. If they run that ball on third and one and get stuffed, yeah. which they were pretty much all game because your two interior guards are both out yeah. and Oliver was having a day. And you get stuffed there, mm-hmm. Dan Campbell looks like, well, you just punted away. Because yeah. you, you they didn't, they're like, well, you played for overtime. I go, yeah, you're, you're hanging in there with Buffalo. Yeah. You take your shot, you don't, you hit the field goal, which you missed one earlier, so that wasn't a guarantee either. Mm-hmm. You take the field goal, they had 25 seconds. Josh Allen made a 30-yard strike in triple coverage to Stephon Diggs, and they got in field goal range. I don't know what else you want them to do. Yeah. At some point, yeah, no, I was, play. Yeah, no, I was, I was totally cool with the play call. It was just yeah. like the execution yeah. of, like, golf has to make the ball. Make, make the, the ball. Make the throw, so, for sure. But yeah, and that's why it's annoyed with golf. I, I do think, overall, like I said, I, I am cautiously optimistic with it. I think they've done a good enough job to lend some goodwill. He was never getting fired in year three anyway, so calm it down. But I am, like I said, Cautiously optimistic of where this team can be. They get to seven, eight wins this year. I call that a rousing success for year two of this rebuild. Mm-hmm. And year three is where I expect I want some money spent on some quality starters to fill the gaps. You have five picks in the top 65. You have no reason not to take the next step and be in contention for a playoff spot next year. No reason. Because the NFC is still going to suck next year. Sorry about you. just is. Maybe not this bad. But yeah. still not going to be very good. Anything else you got on the NFL side before we wrap this one up? No. No? no I got to watch football. So. All right. Sounds good. All right. That's going to be it for this week's show. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth Michigan, Rob Medica. We will see you guys, as always, next time.